Welcome back, you guys. We are here with one of my all-time favorite clients this week. No big deal. I love her. I've been dying to get her on the podcast since we started. Realistically, she's just been waiting for me to ask her to be on the podcast and I procrastinate. If we're being honest, that's what's happened. She (laughs) is super amazing. So I'll let her introduce herself. So without further ado, this is Madison Kissel. Thank you guys so much for having me. So exciting. Thanks Um, for joining us. Yeah, of course. Anytime, anytime. I'm Madison Kissel. I am a real estate broker here in Colorado. Predominantly, I kind of work in the Denver metro area and I'm with Compass Real Estate. So how did you get into it? Oh man. Okay. So super fun story. So I am originally from Dayton, Ohio. And then I went to school down in Orlando, Florida. Uh, I was in college down there. And I mean, life happens, right? Just kind of needed to move really like shitty. Am I allowed to curse on here? Of course. Okay. (laughs) There's not much Uh, you can't say. There are no rules. I had a really shitty roommate situation in Florida and it was just, you know, very toxic situation. And I was like, I just need to get the hell out of here. I was kind of between like California and Colorado. I was in nursing school at the time, so I could transfer pretty much anywhere. And I was bartending my way through school. So I could really transfer literally anywhere. So I came out to Denver once obviously like everybody's story. I fell in love and that's kind of like history was made type thing. So I just, I made it happen. We, you know, like packed up all of our stuff, downsized to both of our vehicles and moved on out and really like asked questions later type thing. So we came out here and I guess we had only been out here about a year. And like I said, back in nursing school and bartending, And I was only, you know, doing that for about a year out here in Colorado. And then I had a really, really terrible snowboarding accident. So I ended up breaking both legs. I was in a wheelchair for six months and obviously like couldn't bartend and serve in a wheelchair. And like from my accident, I was so turned off by the medical field, like for obvious reasons. And I just, it was like a light switch went off, you know, after when I was recovering in the hospital, like literally woke up the next day. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not what I want to do with my life. So yeah, just like life events type thing. And one of my regulars was a realtor. And he always would tell me like, oh my gosh, are you sure you want to be a nurse? Like you'd be so good at real estate. And I'm like, no, like he was super gross, like very like car salesman-y. And I was like, absolutely not. I want nothing to do with that. But you know, you find yourself in a wheelchair (laughs) and I was kind of like, I need a job that I can just do (laughs) in wheels. And so he owned his own brokerage and I started off as like an office intern with him and then very quickly got my license, very quickly moved up, very quickly started like taking over the brokerage. I kind of have been off on my own. Now I have my own team and it's pretty crazy. I've been doing this. I've been in real estate now six years. So it's, it's been pretty crazy from going like office intern in a little baby wheelchair to, you know, I I just received top 100 um, realtors in Denver. That's amazing. Oh my God. She's the best. Thank you. Oh shit. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Punch and I are going to be on the market soon. We're we're at that age. (laughs) I'm well, not. I got you. Yeah. She knows and my sitch. There's no way that I'm buying a house soon. But Aloe, on the other hand, has that well, in the pipeline. 
Well, like, it's always like, I feel like when people are like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Cause like, once you start talking about it, it's like, shit, this is real. And it doesn't have to be like, it really is like the first thing is just always just having a conversation and seeing what's realistic and making sure you're comfortable and like confident with everything. It's just scary to see how much the housing market has inflated, right? So Punch and I are both from New York. I live, I grew up about 45 minutes north of Manhattan. So right now, my friends who are in their mid thirties are trying to buy homes and they're, I mean, they, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because people from the city are finding these things online. They get posted that day, two and a half hours later, there's 20 offers in these houses are selling for $500,000 above asking. And these people from Manhattan are just paying cash. And my friends are like, this is so devastating. How am I supposed to compete when, you know, I'm 34 years old and my money is not in cash. It's not going the same way. I'm going to be stuck renting forever because everyone is just fleeing from these big cities and they're coming to Colorado. They're going to the middle of the country. Everyone's just realizing it's not the type of living that they want after what's happened in 2020. But how do you navigate these waters? Mm-hmm. How, how does a young person get ahead of it? What do you mean? You don't have $500,000 just chilling in your bank account? That's weird. That's really funny. I don't know about about you guys, but I'm just sitting on it. Are you? I love that. Maddie just straight up was like, what do you mean? (laughs) I mean, it's insane. And that's what we're seeing here in Denver too. It's like, and there's, so, you know, we're not post COVID, but our marketing and buying trends right now are kind of like, we just recovered and we are recovering from a very traumatic (laughs) pandemic. So psychologically, mentally, emotionally, like there's been so many things people are like, whether they're leaving Colorado, moving to Colorado, like people are moving like so many people. Now that you have been quarantined, you've had a stay at home order in place. Like I want to feel really comfortable. Our home is our sanctuary right now. And I think it's going to take us a long time to get over this. So almost all of my clientele right now that's buying is from out of state and they're coming from New York. They're coming from LA. They're coming from Chicago, Boston, these big major metropolises, because like to them, Denver is cheap. Like Denver is still affordable. Our taxes are low and yes, we're growing at exponential rates right now, but we are still, you know, somewhat affordable. We're not seeing $500,000 over asking. We're seeing a hundred thousand over asking, which is still freaking insane. and makes me want to vomit. I can't, I can't but, play like, in this game, <laughs> but here we are. <laughs> and I think it's like, we still have a lot of growth to be doing. Like this is not slowing down. So the conversations that when I have with folks, especially first time home buyers is yeah, this shit is scary, but you are going to be very thankful for pulling the trigger when you do, because there is no end in sight. I mean, this is, this is what it is. And like, if homeownership is a goal of yours, it's better to be talking sooner rather than later because the prices are just going to be higher and interest rates are also going to be higher. So it's fun. I enjoy I'm it. Fucked. I'm really I'm having a fucked. great time. Yeah. No, it's not, it's, it's nothing that needs to be. It's just, I think educating yourself and honing in on like what you're really looking for. You'd be surprised with how realistic it can be. Like this was not supposed to be like, Hey, I'm going to talk to you in my home. But so, but with that, so like, what are some things that you feel like not necessarily first time home buyers, although I'm more interested in that as someone that has never purchased a home, but just home buyers in general, what are some things that you'd say are like need to knows or like 
tips and tricks Mm -hmm. sort of thing, kind of either, or I don't know, like what is more applicable for your industry? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I mean, I think first and foremost, Allah, like you already had said, just talk to a lender. I mean, it does not need to be freaking terrifying. You don't have to use that person to buy the house. You can shop as many lenders as you want within a three month window. And it is a hard pull on your credit, right? Like it's a credit inquiry, but it's like three to five points and it'll bounce right back. Until you have that conversation, it's pretty impossible to even like plan. So I always say like, feel free chat with a realtor as soon as you want to. I have some people that I've spoken with four years ago that are finally, you know, ready to kind of pull the trigger. So like, there is no time too soon. Educate yourself there and then just, just have a conversation with the lender. You'd be surprised. You do not by any means need to be looking to put 20% down. Nobody does that. No one does that. Okay. It's, and it's silly to me. I I talk people out of that. (laughs) I tell folks like, Hey, interest rates are insanely low, which is also increasing this demand and activity that we're seeing nationally. So borrow money. Money is really, really cheap. At 3% interest rate, we're just keeping up with inflation, right? So like anything around 3%, killing it. Like you could not find a better interest rate. So borrow the money. On our first home, we literally wrote a check for $8,000. And that was enough to not only that covered our closing costs, our down payment, And we got into it. I mean, you can put down as little as 3%. So I say- Sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, it's very, very. And it's like, I mean, you think about it, right? Like you, you kind of pull the trigger type thing. And it's different from a rent from renting, like renting, you have your security deposit, you have your first month, second months, whatever they're looking for. And then when you end your lease, you leave with nothing. Whereas if you live, you only have to live in the home for two years without paying um, taxes, right? So even if you sold your first home within two years, you're making a shit ton of a profit and you're able to sell, you can rent it out, you can sell it, you can move on, you can, I mean, there's so much flexibility that can happen. And I mean, I have, you know, three properties myself and I'm 29 years old, like that never, never in my wildest imagination would I think that this is realistic, but once you educate yourself and like you empower yourself on what is a potential, it's amazing. You can really build wealth with real estate and our incomes do not rise at the same rate of appreciation. So like do it, at least look into it. You know, if it's like, you know, I mean, for, for some folks like, Hey, I just started my business. I need two full years of, you know, business portfolio for a bank to lend me money. That's, That's where I'm understandable. At. Yeah. But you looked into it. Well, yeah. And I had Maddie came in, sat in my chair. Well, she'd been sitting in my chair for a long time. And then I was starting my own businesses and I'm like, my rent is so expensive. I want to come up with passive income. I'd really love to get a property, live there for a little bit so I can buy another property, live there, take a line of credit out on the house and rent that place out as well. Like that's something I would love to be able to do. So I started to look into that and pro tip guys, if you're your own business, you need to be in business for two years and like have filed taxes and like exist and show that you're not going to just go out of business in 90 days. And so I'm two years out personally, because everything I do is my own business, which is both exciting, but it makes it hard to like prove you deserve a loan. 
But Maddie, I'm curious from like the other perspective for people that already have a home, like what are some things you need to know when you're selling? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's dependent on the market, right? So like I had a listing appointment with, with potential sellers this morning and you know, I'm having very different conversations this year than I would have a year ago or even two years ago because this market is cray-cray. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, I, by no means am I devaluing what I do, but realistically I could put an igloo on the market right now and it would sell like it's dumb. <laughs> so from a seller's perspective, yes, anything will sell right now, but I don't want to just like throw something online and like, let it sell. I do all of the things. So for my folks, I pay for their staging consultation. I get my designer in we kind of get them like homework, like declutter this, move this, do this. We bring in our own staging when we're ready to list, which we can usually kind of work with their furnishings if they're living there as well. Then I do like a deep cleaning. I do professional window cleaning. I do professional carpet cleaning. I do professional photography. I do professional tours. And then we have the showings. And I mean, you know, for most places, even nationally right now, your home will likely be receiving an offer or multiple offers that first weekend. So it's really like, it's super easy to sell a home right now, but it's not as easy to negotiate best terms, best price, you know, filtering and following up with all of the prospective buyers. Like it go, there's a lot that goes into it to make sure that like, I know, I mean, I have to sleep at night, you know, feel really good about what I do. And I love what I do because I know I'm doing it right. And I know I'm like doing right by every single client. Like I want them to get top dollar. I want them to get best price. I work my ass off so that I can know that I did the absolute best for my folks. And it's not just like sitting there behind my computer and being like, okay, accept it. You know, like there's a lot that goes into that to make sure that we are really capitalizing on what's happening, you know, and, and making sure that they are getting the best possible offer. I didn't know you do all that. <laughs> that yeah. is so much work. Yeah. It's like, I mean, it's amazing. My family has sold homes and, you know, my mom's pretty good at making the places look really lovely and staged and whatnot. And we do a lot of those things, but like, I, I have a few people in my life that are realtors and or well, real estate. We'll have to clarify all the different terms sure. and like, sure. what is a synonym and what is not, <laughs> but they don't all do things like that. So I, I, I think it attests to your going above and beyond for your mm-hmm. clients and it shouldn't matter what market they're in, right? Like you should offer the same service to everybody. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I always say like, I do the same process for a hundred thousand dollar condo or a $2 million home. Like it's the same because I feel like everybody deserves that type of service. And, you know, I mean, again, like, I'm not just going to collect a commission and be like chilling. <laughs> like, I want to know that I'm providing a shit ton of value or they, I mean, there's, I, I just heard a statistic last week that there is more realtors in Denver than homes on the market, which is gross. So like, I mean, for me, it's a very competitive industry and I need to be setting myself apart. And I think that's how I do it. There's also just fun fact. There's also more jobs than people in Denver. That's why so many people are moving here. Yeah. The job market is like insane. 
Like, well, it's like Colorado was like the secret little hidden gem of yes. beautifulness. And now everybody knows about it. <laughs> I mean, when I, like, I knew my boss for like five years before I moved here, that's how I ended up moving here. But I remember saying to her one time we were in Indiana, we both worked for Delta Fossa company at the time. I mean, I, I still do, but now for her, but I was doing the same job in New York. And I remember saying to her, I was like, isn't it like really cold and snowy all the time yeah. in Colorado? And she's like, girl, no, yeah. <laughs> you know? No. And then, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, holy shit. I've been here for almost a year and a half now at this point. Well, a year and like three months, but I have never enjoyed myself more. Like yeah. New York is disgustingly cold and it's gray and it snows and it rains and it ices and it's just depressing. Yeah. You guys and like, can thank my mom for bringing the shitty weather with her from New York this week. Yeah. Like I, I know I woke up this morning. I'm like freezing. Don Juan's like, you need, you need to like get it together. He's like, it's not that cold. I'm like, it's freezing. (laughs) Weather right now. And I do not like it. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. It's a hidden gem and, you know, punch and I have said this numerous times on our podcast and on another podcast we've been interviewed on. And, you know, it's kind of like, how did you deal with the pandemic? Like my friends in New York are like crawling out of their skin. And I'm like, we really haven't felt it because we have such beautiful weather year round, not to invite everyone to move here. That's not the goal of this conversation. (laughs) Stay in New York. Don't come here. Well, actually, if you're moving here, call Maddie. And if you don't, you can stay in New York. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I kind of have a question for you in regards to what you and punch were just talking about, you know, how she has two, the two businesses she needs two years, yada, yada, yada. So being new to Colorado, like, is there a time frame on how long I have to wait? I mean, I've been in the same industry for 10 years, Mm -hmm. uh, but because I haven't been at my job, I mean, I've been at my job for a year and three months. You're totally like, how do, you, how do you get paid? Yes. Yeah. You're totally fine. Okay. The only, the only, the only reason that punch needs to have two full years of income verification history is because she's self-employed. And this makes sense too. I was talking to Don Juan about this the other day. We were talking, Don Juan is like, he's like, it's I don't her know boyfriend. He it's fine. I like his I name. Thank you. It's, it's not his it's real his, name. We were talking about buying a home, he was, he's self-employed as well. So he was like, well, I don't have any proof that, and I don't know how he files his taxes and stuff, but he was like, I don't have any proof. Like I don't pay social security. I don't pay Medicare. I don't, he's like, so we need your credit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. No pressure. And you'd also like, you'd be surprised that banks are always going to approve you for way more than you want to spend. Like okay. um, when I, when we actually bought our first home, I was still needing two full years from being an, a realtor. And okay. I was like, but I mean, I was in real estate, obviously. And I knew what the market was doing even five years ago. And I was like, no, we need to buy, we need to buy right now. So it's all under my boyfriend's name initially. And obviously we've refinanced and things since then to put me on it. But initially it was just him. And I mean, he wasn't, you know, like bringing in a crap ton by any means. And he was approved for $450,000. And we were like, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you'd be surprised with, and so what, what lenders are basically looking at when you have the initial conversation is yeah, it's an, it's a very easy online application. Like you can literally get approved to buy a home in 15 minutes. (laughs) It's pretty crazy, but they'll, they'll of course need to verify everything after that, but to be approved, like the application is super simple and they'll look at your credit. Okay. Your debt to income. 
ratio. Okay. Those are really the two biggies. So that's why like when I'm chatting with somebody just off the cuff, like I have no idea. I mean, you can tell me what you make and that's all well and good. And I can probably estimate what kind of purchase price you'd be looking for, but there's so much more that kind of goes into it. Like I always say, you know, if you're looking at a home, like $500,000 is imaginary, like monopoly money. What you're really needing to focus on is the monthly payment and the down payment, making sure that those two numbers are very comfortable and we can backtrack the purchase price from there. Okay. Thank you. It makes, I'm happy that you're, this is like so timely in my life, having you on at this moment, because I know, and I don't want it to be like about like me asking all these questions, but like, you know, so I appreciate you saying that because, and I'm sure someone else out there is thinking the same thing. Like, what does it take for me to get approved? What do they look at? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's really just, I mean, if you're, if you're a W2 employee, you can, I think it's, you just have to have two months of income. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. And then, yeah, I mean, they'll check obviously debt to income. Uh, a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, I have so many student loans. There's no way I'm going to get approved. Like it's really easy to get approved to buy a home. Yeah. Cause they, student the banks want their money. Um, yep. Are we in any way as society returning to the kind of bubble that happened in 2008? Cause when you're saying to me, anybody can get approved, that isn't, I don't feel like you're trying to sell me on something. I believe that that's probably true. It's also kind of frightening, especially with everything going on in the world that like anyone can just get a home right now. So mm-hmm. do, do you feel like we're kind of headed back in that direction? Do you not want to answer those questions? This is probably the most relevant question that I get on a daily basis. Very, very good question. So in order to have a bubble, right? Like in 2008 recession, real estate market crashed. It was an absolutely, I mean, tragic (laughs) financial tragedy. I will say I, maybe I shouldn't have been so loose lipped. It is not as easy to get a mortgage now as it was in 2007, 2008. Okay. There was, I mean, if you guys have seen, oh my gosh, the big short, it's a, it's a really good movie to watch it in terms of just like what happened with the recession. And, right. you know, it's, it's funny. on Netflix people. So check yeah, it out. Very it's informative. It's a good thing it's to watch in general. Totally. Totally. It's a, it's a, it's a really good one. I actually watched it for like real estate training. So there was, I mean, they talk about like, you know, strippers are not needing to verify their income and like, just like buying homes. And that is why there was such an inflation of prices and like almost like imaginary money floating about because people, yeah, banks were literally giving homes to anyone. There There are so many more lending guidelines and regulations in place now because of that. So are we due for a recession? Yes, technically every seven years, there's a cycle of a recession needing to be happening. That should have happened in 2019. And then COVID hit and then shit's been all over the map. So we are due for a recession. The recession will not look like what it was in 2008 though. That type of bubble bursting is, there's just no way for it to happen because of these new lending guidelines. So there's underwriting, there's, you know, there's much more that goes into getting, getting a home and getting it, you know, fully underwritten and approved than there was then. But do I think that there is a bubble? 
everyone is terrified because homes are going, I mean, like Ella was saying, $500,000 over asking, like it's insanity. I am writing offers right now that are a hundred thousand over asking 150,000 over asking like 10 to 20% over asking as is we're not asking for anything on inspection. We're giving our firstborns. I'm giving away kidneys. (laughs) literally all the things that I can do. The black market is getting involved now. Like it's crazy. It's so, but dead kidneys. (laughs) Like just make sure that you have a Maddie's like, I don't have any left. I gave them all. Someone's going to have to volunteer. I'll get creative. I'll get creative. Like whatever we need to do. But that's also why like you need to partner with a good realtor when you are needing to be represented. But like for what I think, I mean, and I don't know other markets. So like when we're talking this, like I can speak to Denver specifically because I know Denver, like the back of my hand What I think is going to be happening is we're, we are in, I mean, we are post COVID right now. Like people are terrified. People want a home. People want a place that they can call their own. So the basic laws of economics, supply and demand, right? Like we have to have a bubble, you have to have high inflated prices, which like, duh, we have, but you also have to have high inflated inventory. We have no supply. There is, and I mean, talking about new construction, like, oh, well, why don't builders just build more homes then? Awesome. Wish we could. We have no land to do so. Lumber prices, steel prices, vinyl prices. I mean, have you, I, I'm sure you've read in the news, they are double what they were 12 months ago. Double. I have not, I have not read this in the news. Oh, I have. Uh, yeah. Lumber's adding about $60,000 to the cost of building a house right now. So they, it went from like $2 for a two by four to fucking $10 for a two by four. Yep. I saw like this, I saw this, I saw this meme online and it was like a little, like, feel free to edit this out. Uh, It was like a little gram baggie. I love the personality of it. It was like lumber (laughs) shavings, like $20 for this little baggie of lumber. (laughs) Because it's like such a hot commodity and builders are now like, what's really shitty is I have clients that are going under contract for new construction homes. And after negotiating the price and doing all that, we're under contract, we're chilling. The prices can increase. The builder can actually increase the price on the buyer during like the nine months that we're building just because of what these, you know, material prices are doing. So it's just like, it's one thing after another. And it just goes to show like for myself, why I invest in real estate and why I like trust the process right now is because I feel like it's the best investment you can make. It's recession proof because people are always going to need housing. Like the homes that I have, the homes that I rent out, like I will always have a renter. In Colorado specifically, like I don't see people not being drawn to Colorado ever. So I think what's probably going to happen is our interest rates are going to increase. The federal government has already told us that, right? So that means that there's going to be less buying power for you as a buyer. Okay. So the same priced home at $500,000, the monthly mortgage payment when your interest rates increase could feel like it's a $600,000 house just because of the interest rates, okay? So that's gonna impact the amount of people that can buy. And I think what's actually really going to happen within the next, I think it's gonna take longer than a year. I think it's gonna be about two to three, two to four years. Is oh, that, thank God. Yeah, it's like that. I'm trying to buy in like the winter, December to March, because my friend who flips houses in, in Colorado, she's amazing. She told me, she's like, that's the best time to buy because- 
people are preoccupied with the holidays and they're not going to have these bidding wars. That'd be perfect. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. So, and then it takes a few months for everything to happen. Christmas day. Like right the offer. Merry Christmas to you. (gasps) Yeah. Buying a home. I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to freaking do this. And I was talking to the mortgage broker the other day and he was like, all you need, my credit score is not this, but he's like, all you need is like a 580. He's like, people think you need like some crazy credit score. He's like, you need like a 580. You're fine. You're good. And the better your credit, the better your interest rate. So that's again, lesser monthly payment, but you can, yeah, it is. And with that, like lenders are looking at all of the things on the background, which they weren't doing. 10, 12 years ago. Which makes sense as to why what happened happened. What are the other things we need to know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Spill the tea. Give us the secrets. When you're looking at homes, so that's kind of like one of the next first steps too, is like, I have a somewhat solidified idea of what I want for like purchase price after chatting with a lender. And then from the realtor, I get to do all the fun stuff. I always say like the lender gets to do all the boring numbers and I get to like have fun and go look at homes with you. So the biggest thing is like making sure that you are partnering with a lender who's going to be on or a realtor who's going to be honest with you. Like I am very, I mean, I am opinionated. I don't know if you can tell, but my job is not to be like, here's the kitchen. Like my job's to be like, okay, this home is on a busy road. This is on the ground floor. I do not feel like you would be safe in this area. The electrical hasn't been updated. I see structural issues. Like that is why I am there. I am there to crush your dreams quite literally. And it's just to make sure that too, like it's the biggest investment that you have ever made in your life. And I do not take that lightly. And it needs yeah. to be something where I know without a shadow of a doubt that the money that you're putting into it today, when you go to sell it or refinance or pull cash out of it, because there is stuff called a line equity of credit. And you can literally like pull money out of your home equity. It's lovely. Like the possibilities for financial freedom through real estate, freaking love it. So my job is to make sure that it is a good investment for you and that you will be making money off of it. And that's really like, you don't have to love it. You might not, you, I want you to be happy in your first home, but it's a stepping stone, right? Like I would say like, it's a stepping stone to build equity and then pay off your debt or take that to the next house or buy another, you know, rental property or something like that. Like there's so much more options when you open up the door just initially, like it might not be your dream home as your first home. It very rarely is. But when you get that nice check, when you're ready to sell it, like that's what it's all about. I feel like this should be in a book. Like you should write a book and we're going to call it Maddie Kissel. I'm here to crush your dreams. (laughs) Yeah. All the fun aspects of being a real estate agent. Yeah. I mean, I want I want my clients to like, like me afterwards. It's not necessarily like, yeah. And that's another thing, like not transactional about it. Like, I'm not like when I see a client and like, I'm meeting with a client, I don't think of like, Ooh, I really need them to buy this home so that I can pay my mortgage. Like, no, that's shitty. That's like car salesman. And I want somebody to be like, Oh, wow. Cool. Like I've closed on my home. I mean, my clients, I always say like, you're not getting rid of me. Sorry. Like this is a lifelong thing now. And I'm here for, I'm here for life. And like, I, I mean, I become friends with most of my clients and, you know, like really enjoy spending time with them. And like, I play volleyball, you know, like we're in an intramural, like volleyball league with my folks. And that's what makes it more fun for me. You know, like it makes it feel like it's not necessarily just like a job, you know, that I'm just grinding at. I get to like really build relationships and it's awesome. So what are the terms 
for what you do? And are they synonymous in all states or does it change by state? How does it work? What do the peeps need to know when they're finding somebody? Like, who are they really looking for? Great question. So it is dependent on the state. So in Colorado, as a real estate agent, I am a, I am a real estate broker. And that just means that I have a little bit more licensing and I've been, I, there's more hours, I guess, that go into the schooling and that I can actually legally conduct a closing. So like we have here in Colorado, we have our closings at the title company. So because of my licensing, if I wanted to conduct that closing, I could. Okay. So that's really that the like difference there. how you, you work at, with compass. So, but if you wanted to not do that, you could still legally do all the closings or is that yeah. something different? That is, that's actually a little bit different, but really like when you're searching for a realtor, there's, so there's a real estate agent, there's a real estate salesperson, and then there's a realtor and then a broker. So, but let's just like ignore the broker because that's just Colorado. So a realtor is like somebody who, like, that's what I am. I did get extra licensing even on top of the broker, just because like a realtor designation means that I've gone through ethics courses. So we're held to a higher ethical standard being a realtor. As a real estate salesperson, hopefully I don't get shunned for this, but like, no, it's a no. So like if somebody is a real estate salesperson, that means that, and I'm not going to name drop, but there's a lot of discounted brokerages out there that like you see online and you're like, oh my gosh, like they'll give me some of their commission. They'll like discount this. They'll do this discounted services buying a home is a no go it's a no you get what you pay for and <laughs> as a and even like in the state of Colorado you don't pay the realtor commissions okay so like the seller pays both the buyer and the seller's agents so like for you as a buyer you're buying the home you don't need to worry about paying me yeah so like that's a biggie so don't ever <laughs> discount yourself like for your representation there is so much more that goes into that, but like I am, I'm like a certified negotiation expert. Like if you get what you pay for there, I can promise you your offers won't be accepted. I can promise you like all of the things. So definitely do not avoid salespersons at all, at all times. And then a real estate agent would just be like somebody who's not held to that higher ethical standard necessarily. doesn't mean they're bad. It just means they didn't go through extra designations. Did that answer your question? Was that like a really roundabout way? I think it answers my question. Okay. okay. Yeah. So salespersons, no. So if it says real estate sales agent or something, it's yeah. Like, I don't I know mean, what the titles. I mean, I'm like, I'm like, okay, sales. And well, honestly, Maddie, I'm like, it's all good because I'm just gonna call you. Just ask me. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm kind of like even even for anybody who is listening, if they do want, like, oh hey, like. I mean, I love, even if people are buying in other markets, like I have, you know, clients that are selling their home right now and I'm helping them find a realtor in New York or North Carolina. And I love that because I need to be able to vouch for that. My people are being taken care of. Not all realtors are created equal. Like that's like, that's the general rule of thumb there. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I also want to talk a little bit about I mean, you're my age Mm -hmm. and crushing it, obviously. I mean, well, guys, she's maybe not, maybe not, obviously she's crushing it and I'm going to 
humble brag for her that she's crushing it so that she doesn't feel she has to do it herself, but she's amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about just how like your trajectory from when you started to here and the types of things that you've done to hold yourself accountable and to hustle might not be the right word, but to kind of like really stay on top of it and build your business at the kind of speed and with the tenacity that you have. I think tenacity is a good word. If it's not ignore my language, but I think, I feel like you have this like secret sauce to success in, in a way, but really I think it's a lot of work ethic. So I'd love if you just shed some light on how you kind of went from point A to where you are now. Yeah. I love that. So yeah, I mean, to toot my own horn for sure. Like I absolutely grew up with nothing. My mom and I, I mean, we were on welfare until I was 11 years old. So I think for me, I have this like money type of mindset, which I think, especially as women, we really struggle with this. Like when I first got into this business and I first started making money and I first started like growing literally as an entrepreneur, I was like, who am I? Like, I don't deserve this. Like you know, what am I, what am I doing? Like, it's almost like that imposter syndrome. And then I just got the fuck over that. Like, I was like, you know what? I work my ass off. I work, I mean, and it's not all about like work to live, you know, (laughs) work and then you die. Like, that's not what I'm trying to say here, but I really enjoy what I do. So I do work a lot and I do put in a lot of hours. I mean, I work seven days a week. I work when I'm on vacation. I probably do work 12 plus hours a day. I'm working on it, but I'm a workaholic. And I know that the value add that I bring to my clients now, I can really stand behind. And I know that I have worked my ass off to be the best at what I do. So I think like the drive that was really within me, it's just, that's just who I am. Like that's always been who I am. And I feel like whenever I do anything, like even in you know high school and school, I needed to be the best. Like that's just kind of my personality. Like if I'm going to do something, why would I not want to be the best at it? So when I got into real estate and it is competitive and I love to compete and I love to have my clients offers accepted. And I love to see like, you know, my favorite thing is calling them and I'm like, Hey guys, I just heard from the listing agent. Can you give me a call when you can? So they're calling me and they're like terrified. They're like, shit, our offer didn't get accepted. And then I'm like, yeah, you know, like the feeling of being able to do that and like totally mess with them. Like it's just, it brings so much joy to me and I love it. And yeah, I mean, I think I would kill you. Yeah. Most people really like it's the only <laughs> enjoyment I get out of this business. Okay. Like let me, let me have it. Oh my gosh, um, so it's always I'm been saying. your work ethic to mm-hmm. crush it. Yeah. How like, and maybe that's just like, is the answer, but do you, did you have like, how do I ask this question? I feel as a person that runs my own business, I mm. get hung mm-hmm. up on holding myself accountable to make sure that I get everything done and I set proper goals and things like that. I know a little bit about some goals that you had just from your own convos, but I'm not going to steal your thunder. But how did you go about like goal setting and setting a trajectory for where you wanted to be in certain amounts of times. Have you hit those goals? Like I know now you have a team. Did you always know you wanted to have that? How did you get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great question. Love that. Yeah. So I think for goal setting, we put so much pressure on ourselves, you know, to like, we're such a goal oriented society. 
that it's like, you know, I mean, like, it's like, okay, what's your new year's resolution? Like, here are my goals for the year. And like, we, we, we plan and we goal set and do, do all of those types of things. But to me, within the last couple of years, I've actually had to kind of take a step back from that because I almost get blindsided by like, these goals are so arbitrary. Like, where are they coming from? Like, I've been focusing on like, not just goals. Like for me, you know, I, I have production goals or financial goals. So now I'm trying to focus on like, okay, so good goals, healthy goals are I'll get a massage every month. I'll make sure that I take two, at least two vacations a year, make sure we have one date night a week. You know, it's like little things like this, that it can't always be so focused on your business because then there's no balance. There's no, like, I mean, I just, I I know myself, like I'll become way too career driven and drive is great, but there's also like some balance there that needs to be set because you can't work your life away. So that's something that I'm absolutely working on, but yeah, I mean, in terms of like being able to actually like make that happen, I love always, you know, set the to-do list for my day. I have this ongoing, I mean, I, you know, I, I time, I'm so like efficient with my time. So I do it all electronically. It changes. I have everything. Like I know what I'm doing tomorrow, like five days ago. (laughs) So everything changes, but I'm very, very organized. So, you know, for, for folks who might not have that type of skill set, that it's probably is a little bit more challenging, but I have like, I mean, I'm so to a T and I wake up early. I work out first thing in the morning. I have, I make sure like I take care of myself first thing so that if things pop up and my day changes, like I'm, I'm good to go and I've taken care of myself. So like, I know entrepreneurs, they're big about that. Like set the intention in the day. I try to do a little bit of like affirmation work. It's again, I have like no time in my life, but I usually just at least say it out loud. So like on the way to the gym in the mornings, I'll say like three things that I'm grateful for out loud. And then I'll just talk to myself about like a lot of that positive mindset stuff. Like mindset is everything. You are not going to crush anything that you do in life. If you're like talking shit about yourself. So that just, I'm imagining yeah. Sorry, go ahead. You finish and then I'll, oh, no, I'll no. Oh, no. I was just going to say like, I, I have, I don't even know. You, t- you go. I was going to say, oh. I'm imagining you driving to the gym being like, I have amazing hair. I have yeah. amazing hair. I have amazing hair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I can't, I mean, but <laughs> I, I think, I think this speaks so true to what punch and I always preach, you know, like you have to fill your cup first. You know, if your cup is empty, you can't fill shit like at all. And nobody's going to want to work with you. Yeah. No one wants a negative Nancy. Nobody wants a negative Nancy as a business partner. Nobody wants a negative Nancy as a friend. Like we all have negative Nancy times in our lives where we need help and we can't do it alone. But to have that mentality every day, nothing's going to be accomplished. Yes. So true. So true. And like, I really struggle with that. Punch, you you say you struggle with that, but you don't. You're... You don't know my inner dialogue. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I have the same really problem. hard and mean to myself. I'm really trying too. to change that. We yeah. we've been saying this since, you know, we were talking earlier about how Maddie brought up 
New Year's resolutions and Punch and I both like we recorded an episode. Holy shit. I don't even know what episode we're on. We stopped counting. Mm -hmm. I remember one of those first episodes after the new year, we were like, we don't really have New Year's resolutions so much as like intentions and goals and like, you know, trying to, it would be interesting to go back and listen page to see where we're at almost halfway through the year. Maybe that's what we'll do for our 30th app. So like when I was starting off in this business, like I don't, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's a different story now because I am established and I have a team. And now that I have a team way easier to wake up and like, I can't slack They're there. <laughs> like I'm paying people. So like, that's obviously huge motivation to keep going and like help, hold myself accountable. But when I was first starting off in this business, like that shit sucked, you know? And as a realtor, I mean, and I think you guys can understand this too. Like I would wake up and be like, so I'm realtoring. Like, what am I, what does that look like? So it's always like working on the activities. Like for my business, I always tell like my, my agents, I'm like, focus on the activities and the business will come. So like, make sure like for us, like whether that's doing an open house, whether that's updating your database, whether that's sending out thank you cards, handwritten, whether that's like, keep doing all of that shit. And I promise you like business will come and be there for the right reasons too. like not be there. Like, Ooh, I want to make money. Like, yeah, money is great. We all like money. But at the end of the day, like I want to build relationships. I want to be their go-to financial advisor. I want to do all of these types of things. And when you really have that type of mindset, business happens. Yeah. I think in general, when you have genuine motivations more so than like a me, 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 I want money kind of place that you're always going to have more success. Like I don't do hair because I like doing hair and like making money. Like I actually don't particularly love the act of doing hair anymore. I just love my Mm -hmm. clients and Mm -hmm. I love those relationships. And that makes the doing hair part fun. What fills your cup? (laughs) Like, like what is, what are you going to want to wake up? That's the other thing. Like if you don't, if you don't have passion for what you're doing, hell no, you're not going to build your business. Like people are going to feel that and people aren't going to want to be around you. It's so true. My God. I hope I didn't just upset you, Maddie. I'll never leave you. I, I love oh my gosh, your I hair. Know. I, li- I literally know where you live and I will show up. So it's fine. It's Same, fine. sis. I Same. love your hair. I love all of my clients right now, actually. Yeah. The people that didn't do it for me, like I've given them that energy of like, this is not. You don't need to have everybody. No. Like, you, 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 I think you're at the place in your business where you're allowed to be choosy. Like you're allowed to pick and choose if I, if I can pay my bills and I'm comfortable, like, yeah, you probably know that's not what you want to do for the rest of your life. So like you're doing like discovery processes and like figuring things out. And I think that that's very, you know, I mean, amazing. Like that's, that's very inspiring to be able to say like, no, just because this is what I've been doing for X amount of years doesn't mean that this is like defining what I need to be doing forever. That's true. So true. True words have never been spoken. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> so what do you think, Punch? Should we do a card poll? Should we wrap up? Yeah. So Maddie, at the end of each of our episodes, we always do a little like card, like Oracle card reading thing for our oh my listeners God. for the week. I usually just ask, you know, what the collective needs to hear right now. And Punch hates when I say this, but it's the truth. It usually is just spot on. I love that. 
I love that. <laughs> so it's always like at the end, she like the it's sometimes people get the word in before her. She reads the card and the the person we're interviewing is like, that was so accurate. But usually it's Ella being like, oh my God, like she doesn't, doesn't even take a breath between saying it's accurate and saying that she finished reading the card and it just cracks me up. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to put this into, hey, Ringy, into three piles. Maddie, left, middle, or right? Middle. Okay. With confidence, yeah. like a pro. She's like, <laughs> let's do it. Ooh, oh God. Okay. All right, here we go. <laughs> what does that mean? It's Seahorse Spirit, and it says, wait and watch. Hovering gracefully, the seahorse observes with perspective of one who is not engulfed by the drama, remaining at a distance from all the turbulence. Seahorse spirit appears at this time to remind you of the need to be neutral and gain perspective. Your message from seahorse spirit is not my circus, not my monkeys, which we talk about my dadisms all the time on this. And that's my dad says that all the time. It's really weird. (laughs) Not my monkeys, not my, or not my circus, not my monkeys. Although he says not my monkeys, not my circus. But anyway, spirit wants you to know that even if you are tempted to jump into the fray and try to fix things, the best way to serve yourself and others right now is to remain calm and simply watch and see. Another message here is that whatever your query, Seahorse Spirit asks you to step back from it, be willing to explore things from different angles rather than a single one, and just observe what is possible. From the perspective of the position of the neutral observer, you will discover a a myriad of opportunities and a deeper understanding of what you seek and why, and you will know beauty, truth, love, and wisdom. I love that. That's super applicable to home buying. Mm -hmm. That's really true. (laughs) That's really homie. Everything else can literally, pun intended. Yeah, literally everything else can be going on, but as long as you're focused in on what you guys want, I mean, things. This is very possible. This is very possible. Yeah. I'm glad that I'm glad that I was able to help with that. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much for joining us. Can they find you? Oh yeah. Oh, I mean, more importante. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. everywhere. I feel like probably. I mean, yeah, Google is is your friend. I would say. I mean, realistically, like probably Instagram would be a good way to just kind of connect and follow. And I'm at, at Maddie Kissel, M-A-D-I Kissel, K-I-S-S-E-L. And happy, I kind of post a lot of fun. I post pictures of pretty houses. So that's really all I do. It does, no, they're so fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would just say, yay. I would just say, you know, as intimidating as, you know, real estate tends to feel, it's so doable. It's like, it's so realistic and everyone deserves to have, you know, home ownership. And if there's literally, even if I, you know, it's not in my market, like if there's anything that anybody, you know, listening, if I can help with anything, please let me know. She this really is, awesome. is the most helpful you guys. So when she says reach out, she means it. I do. So take advantage. <laughs> take advantage. I'll be reaching out in the next, you know, few months. Love it. Love it. No time too soon. Shit together. (laughs) Good Good for you. All right, you guys. Well, I think that brings us to the conclusion of this episode. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share as always. And if you have any friends in the market for a home or thinking about a home, send them this episode because she really is super knowledgeable and we want to show her all the love. So feel free to spread it around. And help us out too. Yeah. You know, 
Thanks so much, Maddie. We really appreciate you coming on. Yes, thank you. Thank you, ladies. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And as always, we'll see you next week. And we love you.